The views and opinions expressed by the following program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station or Webster Rock Hill Ministries, its management or other hosts or underwriting sponsors. Programs presented by KWRHLP are for educational and entertainment purposes only. Welcome back to In Tune. This is Arnold Stricker with Ellie Wharton. We're going to take you back to some times where we had a, an individual on, Tom Ridgely, who talked about the Shakespeare Festival. And Tom is here. Tom, welcome back to In Tune. Thanks so much. Happy to be here. And we also have Jacqueline Thompson Hi. in the studio. Jacqueline, welcome to In Tune. Thank you. And they are going to be talking about a very special, uh, well, I, I just want to let you talk about it. Tom. Sure. Into the Breaches. Into the Breaches. Uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about uh, how adjusting to St. Louis life has been, you know, from from the, the wild city. Uh, the, <laughs> the Big never, Apple. Yeah, that never sleeps. Yeah. Uh, well, I am loving St. Louis and, and the festival and, and all the people. You know, I wish I'd ha- I had a little more time to get out and take advantage of everything there is to do, but uh, I'm starting to do that. And so... Uh, once once I get my wife out here, then I think things will start to actually feel real. Hey, Tom's dr- uh, is it director of the Shakespeare Festival? Executive producer. Executive is my producer. Official title. Okay, I want to get that correct. Thanks so much. And w- normally we think about uh, the Shakespeare Festival, the one that's held in Forest Park, and we mm-hmm. talked about that. But we also realized that there was this production coming up, and then you have the uh, street productions that are done wow. and the uh, productions that are done at schools. Mm-hmm. And so it's very, very involved. Now, this is the um, the In the Works productions, these yeah. three productions, and Jacqueline actually uh, stars in Into the Breaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the the three works kind of in general and then we'll we're going to focus on uh, into the breaches specifically great yeah well the into the works festival in general is the festival the shakespeare festivals <laughs> first four way into into plays written by someone other than shakespeare so it's all about new work and new voices and contemporary stories and um and and today's today's issues and questions and uh it, the the in the works features three different plays as you said the first of which is into the breaches um, which is a, a pretty brand new play. It premiered earlier this year in 2018, and this is the Midwestern premiere. It's a new play by a guy named George Brandt, uh, who's from the Midwest, from Chicago, now lives in Cleveland, and is becoming one of the really exciting American voices. His plays are getting done all over. And this one is really special. It's about uh, a group of women that come together during World War II. A lot of the men are away, you know, off fighting the war, and uh, they they rally together to keep their local theater going with a, a, a pretty much all-female version of Henry V. And so it's a really great story about the home fronts and about uh, community and about uh, you know what you can do when, 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 when things start to shift underneath your feet. Um, and George Brandt, he wrote something that was uh, received some awards for. Am I thinking correctly? Well, the the thing or that Anne he's Hathaway or well, yeah, so he he wrote a play called Grounded, um, which also had a military theme. Um, it was about a it was a contemporary story, but about a female fighter pilot, and it was a solo show. And yeah, it, it right. played at the Public Theater in New York. Starred Anne Hathaway. It was directed by Julie Taymor, and yeah, and picked up uh, a, a lot of uh, awards at the end of that season. So that's his big splash, and this is sort of his follow-up you could say so so the midwest premiere because it's been uh, produced in uh, rhode island that's right yeah trinity okay. uh trinity rep great theater out in providence um and then uh, uh, another theater in chautauqua 
So, and so we're, this is the third production, and there's going to be a lot that are coming after this. Um, it's a play that's getting done all across the country, um, but uh, we're happy to be giving people in St. Louis and really the Midwest their first chance to check it out. Okay, and the other two, uh, briefly, and then we're going to bring Jacqueline in because she's part of this uh, in the breach, into the breaches. A huge part, yeah. Um, so just just briefly, uh, also uh, we've got three student matinees about a most outrageous fit of madness. Um, this is this was our education tour in the spring, and so it's a it's a it's a really fun rollicking family-friendly adaptation of a comedy of errors and then we're really excited because we have just a few staged readings of a play that's in development that the festival has commissioned called the thousand natural shocks and uh that's uh, adapted from the novel the same name um and it's a very much a teenage coming of age story um but that is just in development right now so we're happy to give audiences a kind of inside look at how plays come into being yeah that'd be cool that'd be cool Jacqueline tell us a little bit about you and uh and uh, where you're from. I know you're also a professor at uh, University of Missouri-St. Louis. I am. I'm in the theater department at UMSL. I'm from St. Louis, born and raised. I've been back home since about 2012. I've been acting and directing since then. So this is my, I think, fifth year with Shakespeare Festival St. Louis directing and acting. So one of my favorite companies in the city. So what what made you get into acting, directing, you know, was there like some yeah. school production that you that kind of hooked you into, um, kind of bit you and like, well, yeah. I need to do this. You know, it's it's funny because I don't have the typical. Oh, I was just you know loud at school and performing and stuff. I was the exact opposite. I was quiet. I was shy. I'm still very introverted to a certain degree. Um, but at home, it was me and my Barbies and creating and telling stories and singing around my house. And I've, I've said this before in a, a couple of other interviews is that like, it's interesting to me when your passion is greater than your fear. Right. So my passion for performing and my passion for storytelling is greater than me being afraid to stand up in front of people. Um, so I feel fortunate and blessed to like have had that in my life. I think it's 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 helped me through a lot. Your passion is greater than your fear. fear. I That's have to great. remember that one. That's I'm putting that on my wall. <laughs> is that uh, original to you? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. It's great to get questions like this because I can flesh that out for myself. But that's that's something that I um, yeah now that I found. You've performed at uh, the Black Rep mm-hmm. Shakespeare Festival mm-hmm. Theater, the Rep here, mm-hmm. uh, Christmas Carol, a kid mm-hmm. like Jake, uh, the New Jewish Theater, the Upstream Theater. Mm-hmm. What uh, as a performer, um, when you look at different venues, different stages, and you have to kind of adapt to different stages and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is that transition? You know, it's, I'm sure, you know, sometimes they're smaller, sometimes yeah. they're larger, you know, Shakespeare festivals outside. Yeah. Uh, how do, what's the adaptation that it's, has to take place within? Yeah, it's work on your instrument. It's work on your voice. You mm-hmm. know, um, I was telling the director of this play, Nancy Bell, who's phenomenal, uh, as I've gotten older, like there's certain things that in my body, you know, as we get older, like certain things don't work as well as they do. <laughs> yeah, wait till you get even older. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they don't work at all. Yeah. <laughs> so adjusting, um, you know, as, as I've gotten older too, how, how, how to use my instrument, how to continue to perfect my instrument. I think actors and artists should continue to get master classes and workshops to can, you know, continue mm-hmm. that growth. So it's really about filling that space with your voice and your presence and to be able to adjust to whatever that brings, whatever space, wherever you outside streets, you know, Coliseum, wherever. <laughs> now you talked about uh, the instrument, which is very critical in the, uh, the opera world. Mm-hmm. We've had some opera singers on, and they've talked about the instrument a lot. Mm-hmm. And actually, the older you get, the the better your instrument gets. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess you know she's really going to be 
Get ready. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How do you uh, adjust to a role? I've always wondered this about yeah. um, those who perform roles. Yeah. And do you do research? Because if, the, if these are, uh, somebody writes these things and it's not a historical, it's not a nonfiction kind of um, play, how do you get into the role? How do you understand what the psyche of the person is yeah. like that you're portraying? Research is your number one friend. You have to do your research. You have to understand the the cultural climate of the time, especially if it's a period piece, the historical climate, references, things I don't understand. I always highlight and go back and do the research on um, words and situations. Um, research, research, research. And I also believe that it's not about playing someone different it's about finding where those um similarities lie in myself within those characters and 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 coming to it from an honest place finding those connections being vulnerable and open enough to connect and sharing that story so does that ever open up areas in your life that maybe you've closed the door on or you've liked i've not really wanted to look at that particular area of my life that's the scary part about what we do it's also the liberating part about what we do uh in the fall i did a play called died at the black rep and it was dealing with dementia and alzheimer's and my stepfather and my grandmother were both dealing with that so it's Mm -hmm. hard Mm -hmm. but it's also it was it was a way a cathartic release to also um, educate and share with the audience you know this thing that's going on with a lot of families everywhere so when you have taking this particular role on talk about this particular role uh, that you're going to be playing on into the breaches ida ida is um she's a costume designer i don't think she she thinks that she's is she's like mm-hmm. she says stuff like i'm just picking up some sewing but she's an artist she's a costume designer you find throughout the journey of this place she also loves poetry and and art um, and she's fighting for double victory. She's fighting for her husband abroad, and she's also fighting for justice at home. So that's the really interesting journey of her character to see her be bold and fearless in this room with these women and, and making choices to change the narrative of this play and also change the narrative of the city. So how does how does Henry V play into all of this? So that's the play that the theater is producing. Okay. And this all-woman cast of Henry V, that's the play that that was planned and that's the play that Maggie who's played by Michelle Hand is is seeing through. You know one of the greatest things Tom I think that you guys do is you it's not now this is going to be very biased on my part. It's not a, a stuffy Shakespeare version of things that are done. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're they're modernized versions. Mm-hmm. And like especially the last uh, one this past summer where mm-hmm. the, I thought the band really added quite a bit yeah. to mm-hmm. to the production. Shout yeah. out to Lamar Harris who is the music director for that who's pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was that's very interesting because you know when people I again, biased statement. Mm-hmm. It's like Shakespeare okay, okay, you know, wow, you know wherefore art thou you know i'm not talking like that nobody's talking like that anymore (laughs) no but it's it's more it's modernized Mm -hmm. and it's um portrayed in a a way that people can identify with and as mac was talking in the last hour if you can personalize things then Mm -hmm. you're really getting through yeah well it's all about i mean the only reason to do these plays is because you believe that they have something really urgent and important and exciting to say to us today and so you know whether you're an actor in a play or a producer putting on a play or a director designer working on a play you're 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 all you're trying to do is to 
collapse the distance between then and now and between here and there and that's just that's what theater is always trying to do is these distances that, that that we perceive between us and other people between us and other times between us and other places those are just sort of imaginary and 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 what what a great play and a great production can do is reveal you know the as as jackie was talking about with her character those 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 places of 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 overlap and connection and similarity because we all have those um and so it's the same with the language right how do we how do we make it sound fresh how do we make it sound contemporary um, while still honoring what it is now how does a director because you're also a director not of this particular but how do you um, as a performer as an actor actress who's going in and performing a role and then a director has a certain vision for what's going on uh, there also do those clash how often do they clash how do you resolve those kinds of things? I think when you have open artists, then there's a collaboration. When you have artists that um, are intentional about um, telling the story in the most honest light, then there's this collaboration that happens. You have um, your idea of who this person is. And the, I always, I love being directed, <laughs> especially as a director now. I'm like, I don't have to worry about or think about any of the other things. I can just focus on this. But it's interesting um, to bring something to, because I, I do believe as an actor, you bring something in the room, you bring something to the table and to see where they align and where they um, where they may clash, but to have that conversation. Um, to, to flesh out that character because again as an actor you can't see yourself too so a lot of times you know you might think you're doing something amazing <laughs> your director's <laughs> like yeah that's not working <laughs> so do you watch yourself sometimes uh when you're performing uh if it's if it's uh videotaped I, or i don't <laughs> i don't like that okay <laughs> i like the, the beauty of like theater being ephemeral is like it's up it's gone <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, live live theater. It, you know, it's not like you're it, okay. Now this is take twenty two. No. You know, it's like you got take one. And, and I love it. that about it. Yeah, it's very spontaneous. Could it be is. very spontaneous. And each show is different because of that. That's correct. That's mm -hmm. correct. So mm -hmm. what what are some uh, memorable moments of your career that uh, stand out to you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, winning the Circle Award was pretty pretty memorable and talk about that a uh bit. um yeah this in, in march i won a, a circle award for uh intimate apparel um the role of esther um that play meant a lot it was really close we had a lot of similarities as far as just ambitions and um i think where she was in her world and where i am in my world so um knowing that i gave everything i had to that character and, and being uh, acknowledged for that felt good, felt rewarding. Do you, uh, does your family come to all of your uh, performances? Yeah, my dad, hmm. my dad is at everything. My dad is funny now because he's like, I'm going to write a play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave a legacy for you. Oh. My dad never has written plays before, so I don't know what this play is going to be. Um, but yeah, my, my my dad is real supportive. My mom, my sister, when she can come out with their, her and her kids, yeah. That's, that's, that's great. Yeah. So as you, Tom, as you um, coordinate these things, that's that's part of your responsibility? Mm -hmm. How do you, do you say, okay, we're going to do this uh, play into the breaches, it's out there, Lead us through a process then of finding uh, performers and finding directors, and how do, how do you go about doing that? Do you have to do that like years in advance, or it's what's months? What's... It's months, uh, and yeah, that's sort of the order, right? You pick the play, mm -hmm. and then and then you'll bring on a director, 
And then the casting process, which brings the actors into the mix, there's always something that's done in partnership with the director. Um, matter of fact, the, the, the director is probably the strongest voice in that room in terms of deciding, you know, who gets cast and then what roles. But, uh, you know, the producer is also there, especially uh, if it's a situation like we have in the summer where we're bringing folks in from out of town um, where uh, meaning directors who may not know the, the local acting community as well as we do. So we're there to sort of, you know, advise and consult and recommend. So they, they know the play mm-hmm. inside and out pretty much. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure they do and how they, how it's visualized in their mind. And maybe they have an understanding of a character who they are a, a performer who's like, that person would really be good here or that person would really be good here. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that how that goes about? It's not like you go, I'm sure there is a, a book though of, performers you know let's let's you know you don't go okay now who can we get for this when you're not thumbing through the book looking for somebody well there's you know there's honestly there's the book in your mind there's the people that you've worked with or that you know um both as you know as a director or you know as a producer and uh yeah you know at the beginning it's really just sort of a hunch you might have an idea about a certain role that it, it needs this kind of energy or it needs this kind of look or it needs this kind of uh you know contrast with this other role but that you know there's really so much of it you discover when you come into contact with the actors and and I think anytime you go, you start to cast, you find yourself surprised um, by by what an individual will bring to an audition, and, and 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 so that shifts your thinking around you know how you imagine your cast, and so it's it's always as Jackie's saying, it's a collaboration, it's a collaboration every step of the way, um, where you're, the thing is sort of emerging as it comes along. It's not something that you picture at the beginning and then just sort of like you know walk the steps to getting there. Hey, and you you hit on something that I that I kind of wanted to really kind of open up and dig out and peel the onion skin back a little bit is this whole process of from the selection of the of the play which we've kind of talked about to the director then um choosing performers and then having auditions because you see on tv you know Mm -hmm. you know okay this is how they do they're sitting in the back of the auditorium and there are people up there on the (laughs) stage doing their thing i'm sure you know tv's never like real life kind of like uh the, the the uh, courtroom things are mm-hmm. never the, what real courtrooms like or police or you know all that kind of stuff so what what is that process like you know people get invited to an audition i'm presuming mm-hmm. and they they know a little bit about the player you guys keep going with that because i'm you know i'm just going off what i've seen on tv you know <laughs> yeah, jackie could probably walk yeah. us through the reality of yeah. that Yeah. so there's a uh normally uh, an audition call and so people will come in and a lot of times it may be you come in you do a monologue or it could be that this theater company has sent out a side which is just a piece of the play for you to come in and do that um and people will come in and from that you'll have a call back. The people that, you know, fit what you're looking for, they come in and you might give them a different side or it might be the same side. And from there, the casting process happens. Okay. And you're right. It's not, uh, yeah, it's not some big <laughs> fame auditorium. Yeah. Number two. Uh, no, 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 we like <laughs> you, know, you, uh... you know, some companies may work like that, but majority, you know, it's, it's not that. Yeah, okay. No one's ever auditioning in a theater. I think that's <laughs> yeah. a myth we can dispel. You're that's never so auditioning true. in the theater. You're no. auditioning in a studio or yeah. an office or, you know, yep. some kind of room. Okay. What the, the, the space is. Yeah. Wow. That, that blows that completely out. Absolutely. You know, yeah, I'm thinking of fame. No. You know, no. Just, <laughs> that's rumors. Of course, that, that's more musically oriented yeah, than dance true. oriented. That's true too. Yeah. Uh, so, so you, people are selected mm-hmm. and then what's the process for, 
um, you know, getting together, do you talk about? Uh, does the director sit down with everybody and say, "This is my vision for this," and the this is what the costumes are going to look like. This is how I want. I'm going to block this out. This is the lighting I'm going to see. What's what's that process? Yeah, like? you have a design team, so you you sit down with the costume designer, set designer, um, sound designer, light designer, um, and the director. You know, you you give out your vision. And it's always that's where the, the the magic happens to me because I can say what I'm thinking that you know this world should look like and you give that and you see what they create from that um, and when it works it's, it's prime example I just did a student show at UMSL and the costume designer it was an adaptation of Alice in Wonderland and we had the, this ensemble character and she was like you know what would be really great if I put them in mask. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and she's like, rabbit mask. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> you know. Um, but her vision for that made it really creepy and cool and mm-hmm. kinda like out the box. So, you know, that that's the the fun part for me is 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 bringing bringing my vision to life, but also being again open enough to hear other things and and combine that and, and expand on that and make it bigger and better. So uh going on with that, you you have a first performance Mm -hmm. do you go back and review and say you know this worked this didn't work uh we need to change this up a little bit or things like that for me in my experience once that baby is up it's up (laughs) you know unless something is terribly going wrong (laughs) where you have to you know um adjust some things normally when the run is up the run is up and most directors once the run is up you step away okay at at that point i I tell my students sometimes i'm like i am handing you my baby Mm. handle it with care right i'm walking away i'm i'm done um so yeah once it's up okay how hard is it to memorize lines and things like that i know (laughs) you know we we memorize a lot of things Mm -hmm. in life but uh how thick are these plays? You know, yeah. they could be pretty thick. I would think. Absolutely, it depends on the role and the part. There and they're like actors have tons of techniques to you know do that. Sometimes it's very kinesthetic and uh, auditory ways. But for me, once they're in my head, they're there. And once the play is gone, they're gone. <laughs> do you ever uh, have you ever in a previous role uh, watched somebody else play that role or? Uh, listen to how they perform that role. Yeah, I try not to do that because I don't want to be tainted by anybody else's mm-hmm. um, interpretation. So I, I I try not to watch other productions. And I mean, certain, certain times you've seen it and you, you just it's in your mind. But for the most part, I like to bring some bring me to it. Mm-hmm. That makes, pe- yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. And this is going to be at the Grandel Theater, yeah. correct? That's right. Okay, and we're going to after break talk a little bit about the Grandel because I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I, I I've been there, but it was a while ago. A long in its time previous ago. life. In its yeah. previous mm-hmm. life, yes, it's been so, reborn. So uh, it's it's a it, what I understand a marvelous venue now, and it's been uh, really renovated very very well. And uh, Lawrence Group did that one. Is that correct? Cranzbergs. Cranzberg. Cranzberg okay. Art Center, okay. I believe, unless the Lawrence Group is. So a contractor that was involved in the very fine <laughs> been, work that been, was done. They've been doing a lot of different kinds of things around town. They may have been as well. No, so we want to talk about the Grandel and then how uh, the staging of that, what's that look like? So when somebody walks into the theater, what are they going to expect, mm-hmm. et cetera, things like that. So we're talking to uh, Jacqueline Thompson, who's going to be playing Ida mm-hmm. in the Into the Breaches uh, role that's going to be happening at the Grandel Theater. And we're also talking to Tom Ridgely, who's the executive producer of the Shakespeare Festival in St. Louis. And uh, we'll be back after our uh, break here. This is Arnold Stricker of Intune. You're listening to KWRHLP 92.9 FM, your community radio station in Webster Groves, Missouri. 
Welcome back to Intune. This is Arnold Stricker with Ellie Wharton. We're uh, talking to Jacqueline Thompson and Tom Ridgely about uh, a performance that's going to be taking place starting uh, October the 28th. Is that correct? That is correct. And that's going to be at the Grandel Theater. And right before break, we were talking about the Grandel. What's that venue like? Like when somebody walks in, what are they going to see? Um, you know, some people have been to the Fox, so they know what that looks mm-hmm. like. They've been to like the Symphony. They know what that looks like. They know what the Muni. If they went to the Muni right now, they would see just a bunch of dirt because <laughs> uh, they're, they're redoing that stage area down there. What can people experience at the Grandel Theater, Tom? It's fantastic. You know, it's it's in this converted church, which is so cool, and it reminds me of these New York spaces. You know, every all the, none of the theaters in New York outside of the Broadway theaters are, are are you know were built as theaters. They're you know libraries and fire stations and you know uh, whatever high schools that have been converted into these spaces. And so it's this beautiful old church right there in Grand Center. And, uh, and, and, and it's great because in addition to the, you know, the regular seats that you normally sit in in an, in an auditorium, there's these, these booths that you make you feel like you're like at a cabaret mm. with like the Rat Pack in, in, in 1955 or something. And, and before you even get into the theater, there's the ready room where there's music playing, there's a bar, there's great eats. Um, so it's just a really cool place to come and hang out. Now this particular performance uh, that we've been talking about at, uh, Into the Breaches, there's going to be, uh, it starts uh, November 1st, and that's a media night mm. at 7 p.m., but there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 performances. There is a, a matinee on the last day, November 18th. I'm sure all the, oh, there's two matinees, mm-hmm. uh, November 4th and November 18th. The other productions start at 7 to 8 p.m. Uh, how long is, is uh, Into the Breaches? Two hours. No, say about two hours. Yeah, mm-hmm. intermission in in mm-hmm. between. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So people can kind of relax. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, maybe get another drink. Maybe go to the <laughs> restroom. So choose. Uh, you know, do both what, are do, available. Do what they need to do there. And then we've we've talked about the uh, entire in the works productions. Uh, a most I love the title of this. A most outrageous fit of madness will only be performed uh, uh, three three uh, times. That's November tenth, seventeenth, and twenty fourth, four p.m. And then the Thousand Natural Shocks has three performances also, uh, November 6, 7, 8, and 7 p.m., and then two 10 a.m. performances. Uh, Tom, how can people get to know more about these dates and times and costs, et cetera, like that? What, what should they do? Well, all the information is on our website, which is sfstl.com. Uh, tickets are available through Metro Ticks, and you can always like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. There's tons of updates and sort of inside looks that go out through all those various channels. You've never said that before. He, he, that just rolled right off, you know, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, and no one's ever know, Instagram. And, <laughs> <laughs> so the Facebook page would have uh, pictures of you, you guys practicing. Jacqueline? Yeah, yeah, I think so. There's rehearsal photos. <laughs> oh, there's yeah. video with oh, Jackie talking cool. more yeah. about the show and cool. Nancy yeah, Bell, the director. Mm-hmm. Cool, very yeah. cool. Okay, so uh, what is Nancy's vision for this? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the promo video. She has said some really eloquent things um, about what she wants the audience to take away from the work and and the challenge and the reward of doing this during this time. Yeah. Because this is uh, 1942, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we were talking off air, and many times, folks, like we talk off air, it should have been on air. <laughs> uh, we were talking about that your particular character, Ida, mm-hmm. moves in and out of this production yeah. a little bit, yeah. physically yeah. moving in and mm-hmm. out. And talk a little bit about what you mentioned off air. Oh, I was just saying that um, 
sometimes um, just how characters are written, you have to fill in the blanks. You have to uh, imagine and create the backstory of what this character's life is like outside this world and outside the play. Um, And the more you do that, the more you create a a more dimensional character and a more uh, grounded character and, and one that I think for the audience is more intriguing and interesting to watch. Okay, so I'm going to ask you, what do you know about the character and then what don't you know about the character? Oh, yeah. Well, what I know, she has two children. Um, I know that she... she says that she's just sewing. I don't think she ever like again, again like really comes into uh, the 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 fact that she's an artist and she's a costume designer. I know that she loves poetry. I know that she enjoys um, acting in this show, and I know that she's also very intentional about um, doing her part to make a difference in this world, in this town. She talks, one of the uh, characters inspires her to uh, give blood and and do some other, you know, activities in the city. Um, so I, I know that she's all on board for taking risks and taking chances and also doing her part as, as much as she can do in, in, with, with the restrictions of the time frame. In the war yeah. effort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what don't you know about this character? Oh, yeah. I don't know about her, her husband. I don't know um, what life was like prior to him going to the war. Uh, I don't know what she does when she leaves the space, when she leaves that rehearsal hall. What, what's life like at home, where she lives? Um, what are her living conditions during this 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 time? You know, um, so yeah, those are the things that I have to imagine and 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 create. Mm-hmm. So how do you, do you? And we talked a little bit about this. You create mm-hmm. some of those things from your personal experience. Yeah, and from be. research, maybe? research. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of re- research is your friend. You know, um, this play is set in St. Louis. My character, really? uh-huh. I didn't know we, that. we 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 set it in St. Louis okay. for this production. That makes sense. Yeah, We're in St. Louis. yeah, absolutely, <laughs> right. And so I know that this woman is from the Ville neighborhood. So okay. for me, again, it, it's you know continuing that research about what the Ville looked like during that time, and right. you know, um, yeah, things like that that okay. helps flesh it out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have uh, actually another guest who's sitting here in studio. She's Son's <laughs> microphone and for now. Son's headphone. Yeah. For now. Yeah. <laughs> if you could swing that over, yeah, I have a question for her. Mary. Sure. <laughs> this, is, this is Mary McHugh. Hi, Arnold. Hi. And Mary, tell tell Lewis about uh, our listeners about what you do for the the Shakespeare Festival. Well, I do uh, public relations, so trying to uh, make people in the community aware of what's going on and. Bringing the actors and Tom and everyone to different stations to to places like here, yeah, to talk about <laughs> it, and meet wonderful people like you. So, when are you responsible for all the Facebook things and all the Twitter and Instagram and everything like that? Well, I work with somebody on the staff, and we try and coordinate what goes out and uh, the messaging that you want to put out there and the information for people when they check in and see what time shows are and where they can buy tickets and things like that. Okay, now this is a really loaded question because oh, oh. you've probably experienced a lot of different, uh, and I don't know if it's, is it actors and actresses or is it just actors? What's what's the terminology? Or, I use performers. Yeah, or, I think it's a preference of, of the The individual? The perform- yeah, I think so. Okay, so performers. performers. Actors and actresses. Performers. <laughs> Those people that you've experienced and seen. I, now, I know in my in my personal experience, um, I used to work backstage when I was in college uh, at the theater, and 
I remember one particular group of individuals was the Guaneri String Quartet. They were like a bunch of cut-ups. They were telling jokes, <laughs> and they were telling jokes as they were walking on stage, and they went out there, and they knocked it out of the park. Yeah. And then you have somebody who wants a certain temperature of the water, and they want you know the fruit to be arranged a certain way, and they, they were like really, really stuffy, and they got out there, and their performance was stuffy. What's your experience looking from the outside in as a PR person mm. with performers? That's a good question. I love meeting the cast. Uh, before each show uh, at the beginning when there's uh, the, when everybody comes together for the first time for the design team meeting and everybody walks in the first time and you've seen their pictures and you've read their bios and if they're coming in from out of town it's kind of fun just to see if the bio matches the face <laughs> and then throughout the rehearsal process it's really fun to get to know them and during downtime especially during the main stage out in Forest Park uh, we can sit under the tree and talk to them and they tell me about their New York stories and you know living in an apartment with three other people and never being there and still paying rent and jobs that they take in between gigs and so it's it's really fun to dig deeper into each character and then the person who's playing the the part how they do that and it, it's fun sometimes they offer acting tips you know uh like out in the park you know there's mosquitoes so what do they do when you know the mosquitoes are coming by they usually have the women have beautiful skin because they're trying to you know they have the sunscreen on and it's hot and they have the hats and and they don't want to hear no, <laughs> or a choking sound from something flying into their mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really uh, enjoyable to get to know. And then when you see them on stage, you feel like you know this whole other part of them. And, and yes, yeah, sometimes they are joking around backstage and you go back there and you see a whole different you know environment just socially and then when they come out and they're in breeches and overcoats and things like that, uh, it, it's fun to see the dichotomy of that. Mm-hmm. Do they, uh, and Tom, this might, all of you, this would be an interesting question for all of you. Um, I'm going to take this analogy from the baseball world because I'm, I'm reading a book by Bob Gibson. And Bob Gibson was one of my heroes growing up as a kid. I used to listen to the ball games on my transistor radio, my turquoise transistor radio with the headset mm. underneath the sheets at night when I was supposed to be in bed. And Bob Gibson was very, very intense when he pitched. The day he pitched, he didn't talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. On his team, opposing team, it was all about business. And off when, when he wasn't pitching that day, you know, he's still kind of a standoffish kind of guy, but he was a little more amiable with people. When performers, you know, you go to do your thing, what's, what's the, you have folks like that are like, laser beam leave me alone I'm, I'm focusing on my role or you're blocking everything out except you want to be that character and is does that go on behind the scenes there's a little bit of that but I would say by and large that's not how actors approach yeah. a performance or a role you know there's yeah. you, you hear stories about Daniel Day-Lewis and there are people that you know and there's guys like him and, and, and women like him that you know that really do need to kind of tune out reality because they, they you know their performance comes from like such a you know, like deep investment with the sort of imagined circumstances of the show. But, you know, actors at the end of the day are, you know, they're really just people. And and, and I think most of them approach it like a job and they've got a set of skills and they're prepared to do it. The same way most pitchers probably have been like, look, I've been doing this for years. I warm up, I do my thing and I go out and I pitch the best I can. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it sounds like Bob was probably an exception as far as pitchers go. And I think the same would be true for actors. There are actors that have that as part of their process, but by and large, no, most of them are able to kind of... Jackie, do you want to... No, I totally agree. I totally agree. I know for me, it's just... um, 
I just like calmness, you know, like I don't have to go someplace else and not talk to people all day or anything like that. But I do enjoy just like a peaceful environment before you go on stage. You do something for you the day of a performance. In other words, you like it yeah. peaceful and calm. Do you go take a walk in the park? Do yep. you go get some? I do that. Uh, I do. I do. I, I might take a walk. I might do a yoga class and then I rest open like right before opening is just something that i do like i don't i try not to do anything on the day before opening except that show do you um go get some ted drews to eat right before no <laughs> that's what you don't dairy no, dairy. Dairy. no dairy no dairy voice okay no dairy. very interesting okay <laughs> no. how about how about eating and how because i always yeah. like to play on a semi-full stomach you know no. when i play clarinet uh-huh. really yeah it's, it's very relaxing to me it relaxed my mm. my really? ability to breathe so no not for me and i guess everyone's different but i need to eat light okay as possible and, and pump just a lot of water rested a lot of water mm-hmm. You know, very well rested and real, just calm and grounded, as grounded as I can be. So that's why yoga and walking is really good. Okay. Before. So I want to go back to Daniel Day Lewis because uh, mm. when he did Lincoln, mm-hmm. my my understanding is that he had to be approached as Mr. Lincoln <laughs> all yeah. the time or on the set or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. That's how he works. And look, you know, he you can't argue with the results. If it right, works, it works. Right, it works, right, you know. But right. he is very exceptional in yeah. that regard. Absolutely. You know, very very few people can do that and and succeed with it um and and you know there's it can you know it's tricky too because you know sets are places they're 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 workplaces they're you know there's a there's a there's an esprit de corps there and 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 so you have to kind of you know you have to take into account how your behavior might affect the people around you right yeah i'm sorry no 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 i was gonna say and your mental health like I think mental health is is very important for um, artists and being able to make that separation between okay I'm acting, I'm acting. This isn't reality. This is mm-hmm. not this is not reality. I'm I am in the moment when you know when I'm in this thing and then when this show ends I need to de- I need to let that go. You okay. Know? So, now I need I need to ask you you guys this question because I've noticed this. Um, I'm not a spring chicken, but I'm not an old chicken. Um, <laughs> And I remember watching Johnny Carson when uh, he had on some of the standard Hollywood people. Now, these are Hollywood people, so mm-hmm. it could be different from the theater people. <laughs> I, I, I would yeah, give it that. Yeah. Uh, but like John Wayne or Jimmy Stewart or mm-hmm. you know a lot of the famous actresses. And then I'll, I'll watch Jimmy Kimmel and have there'll be some actors and actresses on. And what I noticed was many times, and this is, maybe just me, that back then there was an identity I knew who I was. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the roles I played were an outgrowth of who I was. Mm-hmm. And what I notice now is that this is me, the views and opinions expressed by the current show are those <laughs> of the host, mm-hmm. guest, and not those necessarily of the radio station or Webster Rock Hill Ministry, that they, they struggle with who they are, but they find themselves in the role. Hmm. And the roles they play, it's like, wow, that person, I, I really don't like them, or I really like them. But then when you hear them in an interview, they're like, well, who are you? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. do you find that, you know, maybe that's just uh, a little something that I notice, or maybe I'm totally off on that, but do you find somebody who really knows who they are can get into depth of a role versus somebody who's still struggling to find out who they are when they try to portray a role? Hmm, that's a really interesting question. Are, are, I guess, uh, are you sort of wondering about, you know, like, because a guy like John Wayne, Jimmy Stewart, you know, you watch the, the sort of, 
you know, the the variety of roles that they take on. And, and you might notice that they, they sort of, you know, with some subtle variations, kind of seem like John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart from role to role. Is that what you're sort of talking about? That sort of coming from that place? Are you talking about when you see them in an interview, they just feel really grounded and really sort they're, of... They're grounded. They're they're knowledgeable about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. They're, they're very concerned. They're confident in who they are. They're very concerned about other people. Mm-hmm. And I, I look at some other interviews and it seems like some, some folks, it seems like they just couldn't care anything about anything except themselves. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I don't know how much that's changed over time. I think, you know, you get actors that are really, you know, that really are, have a real strong sense of self. And then you have actors that are really just, you know, like, yeah. uh, you know, don't have that. Um, or, you know, and that's that's the artistic kind of um, temperament that is sometimes there. It's not all the times there. But I'm sure there were plenty of people in the golden age of Hollywood that were just absolute basket cases. <laughs> that's yeah. true. Um, yeah. who, that's true. Who were also, you know, famous and successful. So They just didn't make it on The Tonight Show. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I don't know, man. You can go back and watch. You see those interviews with Brian Wilson on The Tonight Show yep. and you realize this individual is needs medication. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, you hit, you hit another interesting thing about the artistic... Uh, presence or the artistic prowess that goes you find that with artists you find that with musicians Mm -hmm. you know with any uh really uh, fine a a fine art production or visual arts or uh anything like that you you find that theater arts you you find the same kind of thing i also think and i don't know um i think this in this age of social media it's harder for people to be their authentic selves Mm. Um, and you know, you look at uh, my students say this all the time about how, um, depressed or sometimes upset they are when they see people and it's like they're living their best life and they're struggling. I'm like, that's their Hollywood reel. Mm-hmm. That's the highlight. Right. Um, so I, I think it, it is hard for people to what, what you're that, that groundedness to carry on into their work when, so many people are trying to play the comparison game and present this 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 persona of something that's not really real. You know that's a, that's a really interesting. I was going to ask you a question related to that. Why do you think people struggle with that? With uh, the comparison. With the um, you you had mentioned. I'm trying to because I was really really listening to what you were saying, not anticipating my <laughs> question. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Right. And. And it was, uh, you were talking about how the highlight reel, that mm-hmm. sometimes that's all they have. Yeah, or not even that's all they have, that's all they want to show. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm showing you. I'm showing you my vacation in Monte Carlo, or I'm showing you, you know, this swanky party I went to, but, you know, that's not the totality of of, of that life. You know, I, I would dare to say that, you know, most people don't have highlight reels every day. We don't have like, you no. know, awe-inspiring <laughs> days every day. Well, I think people hold up uh, actors and actresses and musicians because of, you know, they see them on television. Absolutely. They buy their albums. You know, that's yeah. really dating me. Right. They, you mm. know, download their music. It's an album. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, right. <laughs> 33 and a third. Yeah. 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 And it's scary. It's also scary, too, especially when you, you know, and this is completely going on another tangent, but you think about the perceptions of beauty and how, like, the filters. And, you know, I remember sending a friend of mine a, a picture, a, a, a a birthday picture of me and she's like I'm just gonna do some some tweaking and I looked I was like oh I look amazing she's like I took in your waist and I, I did your eyes <laughs> I was like don't do that you know yeah. I don't want some fake you know view of how I think I'm perceiving myself to the world I want to be my my authentic self right right flaws and all is that a a situation as I'm speaking for a directing question now mm-hmm. when you're looking at a role and because 
it is hard to sometimes for some people to dismiss the physical aspects of a of a character mm-hmm. that they have in their mind, and then the physical aspects of a of a mm-hmm. of a performer. Mm-hmm. And does that come into play? I know it's it'd be really hard to say that. This is a difficult question for me to even talk about. Mm-hmm. But if you have, I see this a lot when I watch like a show like The Voice mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's very evident because when they turn around, it's like, oh, oh like yeah. wow, I wasn't yeah. expecting you to look yeah. like that. Yeah. Or yeah. you know, how much does that play into uh, casting roles and and things like that? Oh, I, I think it it plays a lot, and you know, it, it's always inspiring when you have directors and casting people that understand that the human like hu- the human condition and human stories don't look one way and yeah. that you know that you can you you don't have to be you know a model to find love and i don't have to have this character that's you know an ingenue that is in this romantic relationship that you know th- that everyone is worthy of telling that story and everyone is capable of, of experience th- experiencing that so i think it that lies that that responsibility lies in in a director and a casting person to show um all of humanity and all its forms and shapes you know right? I, I that's go ahead yeah, I mean, I, th- I think Jackie's right. You know, in terms of especially, you know, how it ought to be approached. You know, I think the reality is 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 that it, it it's a, often a really big factor. Mm-hmm. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Um, and it goes beyond just sort of like you know you know age or race or mm-hmm. things like that you know sometimes it's just like i want a tall skinny guy mm-hmm. in this part like that's what i want because he'll look funny next to the short round guy mm-hmm. you know there's mm-hmm. and, and so those kind of things are you know like i can't have three blonde friends in this you know show i need yeah. like you know i need a, whatever a blonde brunette and a redhead there's yeah. these things that you know you you that make a difference and so i think on the one hand that can feel really sort of brutish and cruel on the other hand i think it's sort of hopefully releases some people of like uh you know like feeling like oh it's something about me like i mm-hmm. wasn't good enough mm-hmm. like That's i true. didn't I, I blew the audition when really it's like no they actually you know you know you're just you know a foot and a half taller than 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 the girl you're supposed to be like dating in this for whatever reason. Yeah. Now that's a problem. Should that be an issue? Probably not. Yeah. You know, yeah. to Jackie's point about you know the kinds of and especially around romance, we have this idealized thing, and right. you want the you know the yeah. the main man and the main woman, wherever it is, to like sort of be this like ideal couple. Um, uh, but uh, it it in the reality is it's 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 a big big factor. For you know, sure. and I appreciate that the more that theater takes on what life looks like mm-hmm. and people really get accustomed to that mm-hmm. that you know hey this can happen for everybody Absolutely. you know and and can happen to anybody that it's it's um i think it gives some people hope Absolutely. that i don't i'm not looking like that person is you know on on the tv shows or you know i'm not looking like that model and you know i see the commercial that says it's it's a commercial with girls and says you know what is it uh, 78% of girls don't like the way they look but mm-hmm. then she's looking at this this gal in this bikini on this uh, placard outside of a bus uh, bus stop, yeah. and it's it's those kinds of images that I think mentally um, or thoughts that mentally hold people back Absolutely. that I think are released in theater, mm-hmm. especially when theater can just be wide open and hey, we're just going for it. Absolutely. You know, this is life. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do PR for the Shakespeare Festival? Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mary's sitting right up? next to me. She'll hit me. <laughs> You're gonna need an assistant. No, I mean, you know, go out and do the interview. <laughs> Come and sit in my chair. No, it's it's uh, it's great. So tell us a little bit uh, in in closing up here. How can people get tickets again and the show dates? 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. You can find out more about the show at sfstl.com. Uh, more information and tickets are there. Uh, performances start October 28th, and they run through November 24th. And uh, we'd be very happy, happy and happy. We'd hop up and down with happiness <laughs> uh, uh, if we uh, could offer a pair to whoever might want to call in and, and, and claim a, a pair for one of the upcoming performances. Okay, text 314-736-4510. Two tickets to Into the Breach is 314-736-4510. First person that does that gets those two tickets. It's been great having you guys on here. Good to see oh, you again, thank Tom. You. Thank, thank you so much. Jacqueline, thank nice you. to meet you. Thank you. Mary, always. as always, <laughs> we appreciate it. Wow, folks, a uh, lot of different things going on in our community. It's important that uh, we support uh, the arts in what we have in our community, whether it be music or the theater, uh, the symphony, uh, you know, I know the sports venues get a lot of uh, recognition, but we need to look at the cultural side that has really been a, a vibrant part of the St. Louis area for many, many years. Uh, the theater, music, dance, those are the kinds of things that we really encourage you to support and go see and be a part of. 